0: questions or if you cannot hear me please please speak up that way I can either answer your questions and or speak at a volume that everyone can hear you. Yes Robbie? I haven't been
1: here in a while so what's this over? What's this over? So this
0: is a this is a uh, one one hit wonder. (laughs) So basically we just got done uh, for those that have not been here uh, we've just got done with singleness and all the fun things that go along with that. They are, I do believe, on YouTube and on Google Podcasts. Only
2: so, one of them is on YouTube. The rest of them are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public. And I got Radio I Public yeah.
0: So if Good. you want to catch up, we how many have we recorded? Like three. three or four? Three or four. Three or four. So it's not been a bunch, mm-hmm. but it will get you, and you might get lost, to be honest, because we're kind of on the tail end of something and we've already built foundation on it, but if you want to go back and listen to it, highly recommend it. It's great stuff. Yep. Um, so, uh, I was given the opportunity to speak tonight, obviously, um, and the challenge with speaking uh, when you don't have multiple weeks of speaking is trying to figure out something that is applicable, applicable for the entire group and so um, I knew what Sam was going into, and um, I thought this would, this was possibly needed, and uh, for the discussion that we're going to be having in the next coming weeks, Uh, he's going to be talking about the gospel, and to understand the necessity of the gospel, you you have to understand why, you know, what has come before it that would necessitate Jesus Christ coming and dying. So I had a quick question, and uh, it's fairly fairly simple. Um, Most of you will probably be able to answer it. What does all of history point to? Jesus, Jesus, yes. So it it all points to the cross. Um, All of the Old Testament saints and testimonies of the the prophets and all of the, you know, the promises and the prophecies are all—they're all looking forward to, you know, the the sacrificial system was all just a, you know, the the beginning and the the moving towards Christ dying on the cross. It was all looking towards looking towards that moment when the Messiah would come and when the Messiah would come and save Israel and the rest of the world, and everything. You know, we are now looking backwards at it. You know, that's what we're here for. We're Christians. We're looking back towards the point when Christ came down, when he gave his life on the cross um, for our sins. And so I really wanted to talk about, that's I think what Sam might be going into, um, but I really wanted to talk to the reason that he had to come. And so to do that, we kind of have to go back to the beginning. So if whoever has Genesis 1, through 24, Uh, Genesis 1, 31 and Genesis 2, 16 through 17 basically all the Genesis up to Genesis 3 so just I believe they were handed out so you know who you are Um, so I'm going to say something before we get into that Um, before the fall and before Adam and Eve sinned uh, they had two possible choices. Uh, Augustine said it this way. They had the ability to passé picar and they had the ability to passé non picar, which means first one is they had the ability to sin. They they could have chosen sin. They had, you know, they had the the law set out before them you will not eat of this fruit. And then they had the ability to passe not car. They had the ability to not sin. They didn't have to eat of the fruit, and so um, I would like whoever has those verses, please read Genesis 1, 27 through
3: twenty-eight. So God created man in His own image, in the image of God He created him, male and female He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that."
0: Genesis
3: 1.31 And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day.
0: Genesis 2.16-17
3: And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it you will certainly die.
4: Genesis
0: 3.6-7
4: When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. And
0: finally, 17 through 19.
4: To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree, about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Sorry. Um, To your wife, which I commanded you, you must not eat from it cursed it is the ground because of you through painful toil you will eat the food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. But the sweat of your brow you will not eat. You will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are,
1: and to dust you are.
0: So that's you know obviously something that we, if you were born into Christian families, you know the story. Um, <laughs> doesn't need much backdrop to that. The the thing about it when when you begin to think about that story and just to look about our lives nowadays and look and try and visualize what was happening back then it's completely and totally different than what is happening now there was a cosmic change from the time when Adam and Eve were you know walking with with God in the garden literally they had fellowship every day they they could talk to the creator of the heavens and the earth face to face and and now we're, you know, we don't have that privilege at the moment. And it's all all because of their sin and all because they chose to sin. Um, and that, you know, it's amazing to think about when when the lion and the lamb used to walk next to each other and all the things. And, you know, it, if if you begin to think about it, you really understand why, you know, nature and, you know, the animal kingdom, you know, are afraid of man in all honesty if you like besides like no domesticated animals but if you, you were going to go try and pet a deer good luck like that is not going to happen because it's it's fearful of what you are and what you've become because before the fall you could go up to any deer and just like you know greet it and talk to it basically and it would been been chill I've been like yeah bro come pet me <laughs> it would have been like every other dog but after the fall everything changed the the entire system of You know, life and blessings, and you know all of that, changed to death and heartache and pain and sorrow. And there, you know, I have a question. Um, In the in the commandment of God, when He says, you know, the day that you eat of the fruit, you shall surely die. But if you were to read, and hopefully you were paying attention or know it. They did not die the day they ate it. It's, did God lie? No, he's not able to lie. It's it's against his very nature to lie. So, they did die. But how did they die?
2: Well, he also didn't say they were going to die as soon as they ate it. He they,
0: said, he he said the day die. that you eat it, you shall surely die.
2: Well, death entered the world. At the it time. did. Therefore,
0: they died but not he was not talking in essence a physical death he was talking a spiritual death because the day that they ate it sin entered the world and their and their lives became completely and totally changed and they were no longer able to passe no picar they were no longer able to not sin everything that they did basically from that point on was sin like because if you look, okay. So I'll have the next, next set of verses going. Uh, Genesis six five, Genesis eight twenty four, Psalm fifty eight three, Psalm fourteen two through three, and Romans five twelve. Whenever you get that, just start
4: reading.
2: The Lord saw how great the wickedness of human race had become of the time. Oh. Yeah, hang on. Yeah, had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of human heart was only evil all the time.
0: All right. Genesis
4: 8:21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. The imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again gain smite any more every living everything living as I have done.
0: Psalm fifty-eight. Psalm fifty
3: eight three. three. Okay. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born speaking lies. Psalms fourteen
0: two through three.
4: Down from heaven, on all mankind, to see if there are any who understand any who to see if there are any who understand any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Romans
2: five. Yes. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned.
0: I just want you to think about those verses for a second. The the implications that it gives to how most people view the world and how most people... Know, outside of christianity views themselves that most people think that i'm a good person right that you know i do i give to charity all right you know i don't steal i don't you know steal the you know kick the homeless guy down the street or you know i don't i don't do quote unquote bad things according to society i must be a good person right i mean that's what you know the 99 like 99% of people would probably Think that.
4: A lot of times that I've, the, some of the
2: times that I've shared the gospel and heard others share the gospel, the number one answer is, "Why do you think you would be able to go to heaven?" They always say, "Most everyone says because I'm
4: basically a good person."
0: It's it's very much based on their works. They think that they if they can do enough good things, they can do enough things that would please God. That that's what is going to. Know, get them into heaven and even if i mean i've heard some some people that have done some very bad things in their lifetimes and the preacher preaches them into heaven and you're like and most of the time i'm wondering how you know how that can be because if you look at their lives the, the bible says this isn't in my notes but the bible says uh that you know you will know them by their fruits and if the fruits don't match up with you know what christ says is going to be somebody that's a Christian, then, you know, they aren't a Christian. I mean, that's basically what the Bible says. It's very plain and simple. It's it's not very, you know, it's very blunt and to the point at times. Um, I'm going to skip this part because I might come back to it. Who knows? <laughs> Can someone read Romans 3.23? What does Christ say? He says that if you're not for me, you are against me. We, as humanity, declared war on God. Plain and simple. You know, when we sinned, when, we, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, they said, what you have for me, God, it's not good enough. You must not know, you must not be Smart enough, you must not you know be wise enough you must you know well, are are you lying to me they they basically called God a liar by eating the fruit they and they put themselves in complete and total objection to what God stood for and and that's you know that's the condition that all of humanity, every single person that has ever been born that's the condition that they they were brought into they from the day they were born, the psalmist said. You know, they thought wickedness continually. Now, in Romans, I there there is a thought out there that, you know, I've already mentioned it, but that, you know, men can do enough good things and, you know, have salvation. That's the one thing that is completely different about Christianity compared to any other religion in the world. Every other religion in the world is work-based. Christianity is grace-based, but... Um, in the first few chapters of Romans, Paul has, you know, he's setting up his argument against the Gentiles, against the morally unrighteous. So for us nowadays, if you, if you think about it, you know, we technically are Gentiles. Well, not technically, we are. Um, (laughs) It would be, you know, the drug addicts or the, you know, the people that are going to the casinos every day like you know throwing gam- giving away all their money to gambling or you know just in crazy outlandish things that are just completely and totally um, against what society calls the norm right that's what the Gentiles were they were you know they were they were in all sorts of perverse sexual activities they were drunkards they did all these things that were you know against what Jewish culture said was was right and you know Paul is just Ripping them to shreds. He's like, you know, talking about how they're sinners and that, you know, that they need a savior. And they're doing, going. He's going through every argument, talking about this. And the Jews are like over there. They're like, yes, yes, amen. They are the, they are literally the amen corner. I don't know if you all know what an amen corner is. You almost must not have grown up in Pentecostal church. I did. So an amen corner is the one that backs the preacher. They're, they're the ones that are like, yes, we are behind you 100% of the time. And then Paul. He pulls a he pulls a Paul washer on him I, and most of you won't get this joke but I don't really care. I'm getting for the, the the 2% that do. He goes, "Why are you clapping? I'm talking about you." And he goes on in the next, you know, next two chapters to just completely and totally tell them that what you're doing is not good enough. You know, the Jews, they thought they had it all together, right? I mean, they were the covenant people with, with God, God had made a covenant with them, but there was a new covenant that God had come down and had established because the old covenant wasn't wasn't unto salvation. Because I believe it is. Let me look at it. Up. Uh, I don't know if I put it down. I think it's Hebrews. Does anyone have a Hebrews? I mean, one. I mean, most of you will have a Hebrews, but <laughs> nearby, well, I don't know if I. I don't think I did it. It is. I was gonna make you make whoever had it say it in Hebrew. So, but it says that the the blood of goats and rams were not sufficient. I'm paraphrasing because I don't know it by heart. But that it did not satisfy God's wrath. And so, once you know, going back to the fall, once Adam and Eve sinned, we the entire you know the entirety of humanity was going to hell. They, there was no hope for them at all, whatsoever. And so God had to make a way if we were going to come to him. Because we were separated, right? We were completely and totally severed from God and from his, his holiness. Because if, you know, if I'm reading in Exodus, and it talks about if, if the people came unto him, That he would literally consume them because of his holiness, and so that's that's the position that we were left in. We were left in completely, totally desolate, completely separated from the love of God, and He had to come down, and He had to you know send His Son to die on a cross to pay the sins, uh, pay for the sins that we committed, be the propitiation for our sins. And the more that I, I think about that, the more that I'm I'm looking at that and looking at my life and saying, how in the world, how in the world did you think I was worthy, or worth saving? You know, me. i as Paul says, I'm the worst of sinners. I didn't I didn't deserve it more than the next guy. So, that was a little bit of a tangent, but (laughs) Uh, can someone read? Uh, So, that was the reason for the cross, because we were totally and completely lost. Totally and completely hopeless without a chance of, a chance, one in a million. There was no, no, literally no chance, like one to eternity. There was no chance we were going to be saved by what we could do. But God, I love that, but God saw fit to come down and save, come down and give himself. He didn't have to, and that's, you know, something that we should be eternally grateful for him. Uh, Whoever has Ephesians 2, could you? Yes, Josh. Just
2: something I wanted to add to that is that not only did he choose to do it when he didn't have to, but he chose to do it before the foundation of the world. Right, I actually have that. Before Adam
4: and Eve. Yeah. But
0: yes. To preview
4: that. To prove, Yes. <laughs> Thank you. That is before Adam and Eve sinned.
0: Right. He Jones. knew. That's another thing. Yeah. He knew that Adam and Eve were going to sin, like. And he was still willing to create humanity and create the world and, you know, have his love and his his holiness and his you know his entire being spurned. And, you know, basically thrown away and said it's not good enough. And, you know, it, the more that, that I see my sinfulness and the more I see God's holiness, the more I'm like, you know, incredibly awed by his mighty love for his people. Um, whoever has the Ephesians 2, could you please read it? Is that 1
1: through 3? Yes. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind.
0: That is a description of our lives before Christ. And I've been saying that, you know, that he didn't have to save us, that he could have left us uh, in our sinful condition, and it would have been completely fine. Um, but does anyone think that it, that would have been unfair, that if God had chosen not to come and had God had chosen not to save us, would that, have, that, would that have been fair? Or do you think that would have been unfair? Yes.
3: I think it'd be fair to not save anybody. Because you do not deserve anything but to go to hell. And for some people, like that sounds so harsh, but you are so awful, like (laughs) we we are horrible people. And there is nothing that we could do that can bridge that gap between us and the Lord, because he is so perfect and we are so sinful that there is nothing but the blood of Christ, the blood of an atoning perfect sacrifice That can bridge that gap and there's nothing that we can even do to cross that bridge either like that that whole work is done by god alone and i think for a long time like growing up i was really confused about the difference between grace and mercy Mm -hmm. and there was a day that my dad explained it to me and in short like in little blurps (laughs) um, grace is you know it's a free gift but mercy is undeserved kindness it's not giving something that you do deserve. It's withholding something that you deserve. And that's where mercy came in, is that God was like, you deserve to go to hell. You do not deserve whatsoever to come and live with me and to be with me in my presence for eternity. But then he sent Christ and he was like, you know, but because I love you, I'm showing you that kindness and withholding that punishment and doing it for you. And that's my grace is giving that gift. And so I think that was, like, that moment where I really started to understand, like, how unworthy I was of anything, you know? And that, that just kind of drives you to your knees, in a way, before the Lord, because you're like, wow, I'm awful. And yet, <laughs> you know, like what you said earlier, just the fact that, that he chose to save you is, like, it makes you wonder, why me? But it drives you to your knees in gratefulness, you know? Do
0: you have something, Tim?
4: Oh, um. I also agree with what Jeff said, and then to like kind of expand on that a little bit, even more important than your sin, it's the fact of who you've sinned against. Right. If you were to do something to another person, then you'll have distrust and um, tension between them. If you sin against someone in the court, you're bound by law to fulfill a commission, but to sin against the Creator of all things. The sustainer of all things, the one who gave you life in the first place, take that gift and spit it back into his face. It is really, it, it's more than fair. And that punishment is probably, you know, that's to have the wrath of an all-powerful being exerted toward you for you to suffer.
2: It's slightly out of context. I'll, I'll broaden the rest of the passage and put it under the definition of God extending salvation to whom he wants, which, in, to your question, is no one at all in, by your definition. Um, and instead of giving a solid answer on whether it would be just or not just of God, um, Paul instead does not seek to defend the justice of God but rather, God, what just is, is defined inherently by who and what God is. Um, but indeed, O oh man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? What if God wanted to show his wrath to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepare for destruction? And so on and so on, but Paul's basically like because he can. And why are you asking? Uh, I mean, yeah. So my response would be like, stop asking that question. Right. I, I say that jokingly, but that seems to be the response that Paul felt like. Hey, so.
0: okay. and if it's inspired, right? So <laughs> it must be pretty good. Um, and. The thing about, you know, living in, you know, our lives before Christ, we enjoyed it, like, wholeheartedly. We, like, guaranteed, like, that's, you know, that's what our flesh loved. We, like, you know, our spirit is dead. We've established that. Our spirit is completely and totally dead. We only have one part of us functioning. Like, we're a half a a person. In in essence, we're half a person, and we, we only have our flesh functioning. And guess what our flesh loves to do? Loves to sin. It's like yes, all all of the sins, like all of the things. Like I'm not supposed to do. I want to do those things. Have I? I I'm kind of guilty of doing this. When somebody tells you not to do something, you automatically kind of want to do that thing. More. It's like oh, you just you just said I couldn't. What? But I'm over eighteen. Like, <laughs> what? You can't tell me anything. Like.
1: <laughs>
0: but, and that's you know that's how our flesh was the entire time. It's like, oh, I'm not supposed to do this thing. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do it because that's what I want to do. And we were you know, we had we didn't want to be changed. You know, it, before Christ called us before the Father called us. We had no desire to change anything that we did. We were completely and totally satisfied living the life that we were living. Um, John six forty four, John seventeen twenty four. Whoever has those, you can read them whenever.
2: What was it?
0: John six forty four. Okay. I think it's page. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day.
0: And then the other John 17:24.:
1: "Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with, be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation." If,
0: if you read the verses in context, it, it's very clearly stating that without the father's drawing, and without him reaching out and bringing us to him, we would not have been saved. Yes, it's in the in the idea. It's um, it's like drawing a bucket of water out of a well, yep. and I don't know of any water that has ever come, you yeah, know, water, 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 water. <laughs> <laughs> it has ever come you know willingly out of out of a well just jumping out of a well like come yes let's come out of this well like no you've had you have to send something down to draw it out and that's that's the the word picture from that those verses and because of that you know because of our complete and total sinfulness Christ had to do those things um and
1: yes go ahead Uh, Philippians 1, I'm just adding on to what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> Philippians 1, 6 says, And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion of the day of Jesus Christ. So literally, if God drew you, you will come, like regardless not a choice. If God's working in you, it's going to happen. So I just want to add that. I like guess it's it's, yeah. it's God doing it. Yeah. Alright, so.
0: Because we want to have been willing. If I'm going to be closing fairly quickly here. Um, whoever has Ephesians 1, 4, uh, please be prepared. Um, so, going back to what Josh said before the foundations of the world, he had his plan set in motion uh to to send Christ and to send his you know his son to die on a cross to save sinners that was his that was his eternal plan um, he knew who he would save and that then ephesians one four Puts it very well, and it might be because you know, inspired by God and all. But (laughs) it's. I just want to leave you with that verse. Also, Revelations thirteen eight. Please be prepared. Um, I'm gonna quit talking and let finish with scripture, and let that be the end of the lesson. I
1: have one four. Um, Do you mind if I read three through seven? If you want to.
0: If you want to, all right. it's completely up to you.
1: Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven. And places. And this is first. Of all. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us through adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to his according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us.
3: all who dwell on earth
0: will worship it. Everyone whose name has been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life for the Lamb who was slain. Let's pray. Dear God, I just thank you so much for this time that we've had together. That uh, The inward looking that we've had before the lesson and the just the the presence that we felt during the lesson. Um, Dear God, I ask that you would help each and every one of us uh, as we are going about our week and going about our lives, that we would uh, continually and every day look at our lives and look at how, how much you saved us from and how much that how undeserving we were, uh, if we truly did this every day, I believe that we would live lives that would um, would glorify you more than uh, than what I do right now and if i you know, I'm saying this for myself too, if I did this every day, um, and I would truly understand what a sacrifice that you, that you did for us on a cross and what you had to go through just so that I didn't have to go to hell we would live lives completely and totally um, sold out for you and I I pray that during this week that we would every one of us would become convicted about the sin in our lives that we have right now that is um, that is hurting you and that is against you and that we would uh, continually give it up and continually draw closer to you and continually uh, Search after and long after the things of, uh, of God, and that we would, uh, that we would not, you know, bring you to shame, uh, in the way that we walk, in the way that, you know, we present ourselves to, to the world outside. Um, I just ask that you would keep us and that you would uh, be with us through this entire week. And we ask this all in your Son's name. Amen. Pastor